Aggie Dave Podcast. Welcome to episode three of the Aggie Dave Podcast. I'm excited to talk to you today about the NFL and their SEC bias. We got some NFL combine invites going out to the Aggies and other SEC players. But before we get into that, let's start off this episode like we have all the others with a passage of scripture. Today's going to be Galatians 6 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. So, in today, our society, there's a lot of people that act like God does not exist, like God is dead. There is no God. But here's the reality. There is, and there will be a reckoning. There's a lot of people that think they're hilarious. They make jokes. They act and say and do things that mock the God that I worship, the God that I love. So just a great passage to remind everyone that God is not mocked. Everything we do has consequences. That's what I try to teach my kids. Hopefully they learn more than I did at their age. But just a great passage. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So with that, let's move on to the NFL and their SEC bias like ESPN and all the media that everyone complains about. The NFL, NFL clearly has an SEC bias. Because, let's just go real quick, the invites by conference. Big 12 with a whopping 35 invites to the NFL Combine. ACC comes in at 35, Pac-12, 36, Big 10, 54. It's respectable. And the SEC with 82 invites to the Combine. So as you can tell, the NFL clearly believes that the SEC has the most talent That's where they're going to make their money. The NFL is not in it for equality and for fun. It's a business. They want to make money. These franchises, these teams, they employ a lot of people to evaluate talent so that their franchise makes money. They don't play it for fun. It's not just a game to them. This is a business, and they put a lot of time, energy, effort, research into this. These invites are not just by chance. Make no mistake, the SEC is by far the best conference of talent. You OU Sooner fans out there are going to come to learn that. You've had a cakewalk for the last decade. You've gotten fat and happy and spoiled playing in a joke conference for the last 10 years. And now you're about to play some big boy ball. Of course, you're putting that off now another few years because you don't have the money because you're claiming you got the pores. Oh, we don't have money. We're going to have to wait till 2025. So, let's look at the Aggies that got invited to the NFL Combine. We came in this year with nine. And real quick, let's just take a second to realize what Jimbo is doing here with the talent that he's brought on campus since he's come to College Station. His first year that he could be held accountable for combine invites was 2019 since he coached his first season was 2018. The draft, you know, is the next following year. If you understand how time works, 
2019, Jimbo had eight invited. 2020, he had four. 2021, he had eight. And then this year, he's got nine. So Jimbo's working with an average of 7.25 per season that are getting invited to the draft. or I'm sorry, invited to the combine. And just to compare that with someone who's a decent coach, um, he was averaging about 5.5. So Jimbo's definitely bringing talent to the campus. And there's no mistake when it comes to that fact. Jimbo is a great recruiter. He's a great coach. And he definitely is putting talent on the campus. So let's look at these nine players that got invites. Let's start with the defense. We got Michael Clemens, Tyree Johnson, Jaden Peavy, DeMarvin Leal, Aaron Hansford, Leon O'Neill. In an offense, we got three. We got Kenyon Green, Isaiah Spiller, Jalen Watermeyer. So I'm going to give you the Aggie Dave podcast guarantee. I'm going to guarantee a minimum of six are going to get drafted. I got Michael Clemens as a guarantee. DeMarvin Leal is a guarantee. Leal is probably going to be a first round. Kenyon Green is going to be a first round. Uh, Leon O'Neal, I think, is going to be drafted. Isaiah Spiller, I think, is going to be drafted. And Jalen Watermeyer. I think two Aggies go in the first round with a total of six in this draft. And it's just going to keep getting better because Jimbo's recruiting at an elite level, historic elite level. And the talent that he keeps bringing is is just remarkable. So much so that people are just creating lies. $20 million, $30 million lies because they don't want to deal with the facts that Jimbo is doing something special. So real quick, that was the Aggies that are going to be at this combine. Some more NFL SEC bias. We got a little game coming up in a couple of days called the Super Bowl. <laughs> And let's break down active players from conferences. Big 12 come in with 11. Big 10 with 11. ACC with 11. Pac-12 with 16. SEC with 20. Again, NFL clearly has an SEC bias. It's all a conspiracy because the SEC must be pulling all the strings because the media and the NFL are in bed with the SEC. No, wake up, people. The SEC is by far the best conference, and it's not even close. The Big Ten, come on. Let's be serious for a second. They got some talent, but what happens every time they get in the playoffs and face the SEC or, or Clemson for a few years there? Again, they, they can't hang. And the, and the Fox loves the Big Ten. That's where they make their money. And there's some good football playing in the Big Ten, but it does not compare to the SEC. And that's the closest one. And I'm not going to go year by year and just how SEC is dominating, not just national championships, but NFL draft, money. Let's talk about money for a second. The SEC just announced today, this is Thursday, that they're going to be distributing $54.6 million per school. It's a total they brought in <clears throat> excuse me, $777.8 million. So I don't know what else to tell you guys. And some of you will say, oh, yeah, finally I agree. SEC is dominant. A lot of my Sooner fans out there 
We'll say, yeah, admit to it. But that was coming with a but, right? You Sooner fans love to have butts. And you used to defend the Big 12. You kind of stopped doing that. And here's what I hear a lot from Sooner fans. I don't care about conferences. All I care about is OU. Right? Raise your hand if you've said that or you've heard that from Sooner fans. Lots of hands are going up right now because that's one of the favorite things that Sooners go to. But here's the deal, Sooner fans. You're only as good as who you play. Let that sink in for a second. You're only as good as who you play because if you just played a bunch of cape cupcakes, you're going to go undefeated and you aren't anybody because you haven't beaten anybody. You've got to play good teams. You've got to face formidable opponents. You have to beat the big dogs. And guess what makes up the, the, the majority of your schedule? Your conference. So when you're in a crappy conference like the Big 12, you're only as good as who you play, and that conference matters. It absolutely matters. You don't just get to care about your school and act like you live on an island in an ivory tower, and that you're better than everybody else, and that you're too cool to care about conferences because it matters who you play, and it matters your conference's exposure, and it matters if your conference wins championships, and it matters if they get to the playoffs and literally get thrown around like a middle school team after getting the Joe Moore Award as an offensive line because, oh my gosh, they compared that offensive line against other crappy teams. And when they faced Bama, Bama threw them around like nothing. I don't know how that offensive line won the Joe Moore Award. It was a joke. They gave it to the wrong offensive line that year as the playoffs clearly demonstrated. And here's the thing. You're going to be in the SEC and you'll get to prove yourself. But these last 10 years of all these lies and defense of just made-up stuff, it, it, there's a reckoning. It's funny that the passage talked about being deceived and being mocked. The Sooner fans have been a deception for the last 10 years. And I think real Sooner fans know that. I've talked to some. They know it's just been fake. You got a trophy room full of Big 12 trophies that don't mean anything. But it looks good. You get to recruit to it, and you talk about winning conferences that don't mean anything. Look at those years. All those conference championships, you're coming in third, maybe fourth in the SEC some years. And you're going to see that. That reckoning's coming. Be not deceived. That what you sow, you're going to reap. Sooners have been sowing for 10 years, a soft schedule, and they sure talk a lot. Let's see what they reap here in a little bit. So that's it on the SEC bias. I did want to cover a quick tradition for Texas A&M. I want to cover the band. This is one thing that I, a lot of Sooner fans do talk to me about, and they do love the Fighting Tech Saggy band, as most people do that have ever seen them perform that have ever witnessed the best band in the nation by a wide margin. So this band was formed in 1894, initially just had 13 band members. Joseph Hollick is the one that helped start this way back when. Lawrence Sullivan Ross was the president of the university and put that together. Now it's over 400 or around 400 members. You heard that right, 400. So this is not your normal band, right? These are not just 
band nerds that that practice some music and wear these weird uniforms that make no sense and prance around with their toe to heel or whatever kind of weird step they do and have drum majors that do stupid dances and act all cool and for nonsense, for show, whatever you want to call it. They don't write in script and dot an I. These band members live it. The uniforms they they perform on the field on Saturdays, they wear that all week long. That's what they wear to class. They live together in the quad. They're a part of the Corps of Cadets. They're committed to this band, and they work their tails off. They practice all the time. They rarely roll over. If you've ever seen their performances, it's not the same week to week. They're performing new drills. So let's talk about where that name comes from, the Fighting Texas Aggie Band. So the drum majors used to be thrown into a room and just went at it, just a brawl. And whoever left, who was left standing, whoever won the brawl, they were the drum major. So I don't believe they do that anymore. But that's one of the, the names, or how, the origins of the name Fighting Texas Aggie Band, also called the Noblemen of Kyle. Um, one phrase you may not hear from the outside is we, as a term of endearment, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, but they're known as BQs, so band queers. That's what the members are called. They're called BQs at Texas A&M. And there's a phrase that we like to say, never lost a halftime. If you've ever seen them play, Texas A&M has never and will never lose a halftime. The Aggies stand while they do their drill, perform. A lot of other teams will watch as well. They won't go to the concession stands. You'll be surprised. They'll sit and watch the Fighting Texas Aggie Band. And one last thing about them, there's tons of other stories and traditions about this band. It's just so elite. But when you see that drum major, there's three out there, but there's one that, that calls them off when they line up the north end of Kyle Field. You'll see him, and he'll, he'll fan his – as he's yelling something, he moves from left to right as he's yelling it out. And you can actually hear him from the stands from Kyle Field. But he's saying, recall – step off on hullabaloo and that's when the fans will whoop but what he's doing is giving the the cadence or whatever for the band to mark to step off for that performance one of the great traditions at Kyle Field and coming to Owen Field before too long because that rivalry will be renewed and you'll get to see the fighting Texas Aggie band up here in Oklahoma and they're going to dominate that joke sooner band that's just like every other college band right it's not even going to be close it's going to be a slaughter at halftime now first and second and third and fourth quarters will be different we'll see how that pans out we still got time because it sounds like the Sooners don't have the money and the Sips down in Austin they're all excited about bouncing out of the Big 12 because it's a joke. They want to make money. They're tired of being broke. They want to play with the big boys all of a sudden, but they ain't got the money. So now they got to wait till 2025 is what it's looking like. So can't wait for that. It's going to be great. That's going to wrap it up for episode three, the Aggie Dave podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe. I'm on Twitter. It's the only social media I'm on. Look for Aggie Dave Podcast on Twitter. And uh, let's interact. I'd like to hear from you. 
Thank you for listening to this episode. Have a great rest of the week. Gig them, and God bless. Thank you for listening to the Aggie Days podcast. Make sure and subscribe and leave a rating. And until next time, God bless.